Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and I am joined this week with Jonathan Lee. Hello everyone. Chris Apple. Yo. And Brett Freeman. Hey guys. Cool guys, we got a new episode for you guys this week. Lots of to talk about. We got some Twitter results in. We're going to start talking about packs. But right off the bat, what I want to say is OCX... Uh, I want to pay them the respects that they deserve. You know, ever since we started out, they've been a big supporter of the show. I know they've had some personal issues going on with Coach and everything. So um, I want to give a quick little shout out to them. Congratulations on everything they've done in the past. And I'm sure they'll still be around and everything. But the show, I believe, is taking a little bit of a hiatus. So um, I just want to give them the respect that they're due. Yeah, for sure. They've been a kind of a fun voice in the community for a while right so i think it's it's totally reasonable for them to take a break it's not like dramatic or anything but you know they'll be missed for however long they're taking that break yeah definitely all right so we've got some tournament data that we're going to talk about and uh our specialist over here mr chris is going to take it away (laughs) specialist (laughs) um okay so yeah, I don't I like I had a whole bunch of stuff on world's uh data and there's a lot of world's data, like a lot of super interesting world's data. Um and you know, we could probably go through and kind of read through that and describe it to everyone, but it's pretty much all readily available now um on a couple different websites. So I thought it'd be better just to talk about recent results after worlds that people might be interested in. Um those won't be kind of like full breakdowns of cut rates and the rest because i don't think all that's been collected just yet but i don't know i figured you know worlds is just recapping how everything performed at worlds would be sort of overkill at this point any take on that do you you guys still care (laughs) i mean with the you know advanced targeting.computer website chris allen came up with i I feel like everything anyone could want to see about worlds is is really quickly available yeah so there's some like faction performance stuff that we could get into but I, we'll just kind of jump into a recap of the weekend since then, I guess. Um, so the first one that stands out is uh, the Australia System Open, I think it was. It was their version of Unplugged. Um, and that at uh, that tournament, I think, I, I think I've got my notes a little bit mixed around here. But either way, uh, Ollie's list ended up going 6-0. and I think one of the Fosses took that 6-0 and during Swiss. Uh, and the weirdest thing about this is if you look at the list Fortress Entry, there are exactly zero copies of ensnare so i don't know if that's collusion but collusion detector is like firing collusion detector i like that um yeah i'm not surprised that that the in the hands of that list with the foss one of the foss brothers that um they did so well with it like that just barks up their alley yeah yeah i mean like and it's an incredible list right so it's it's gonna perform um but but what do you think about no one taking ensnare at a reasonably large tournament like that that's just shocking to me like i don't get it the uh, australians are gentlemen that's what but, I think. but zero copies like we're not talking like one or two or three like zero <laughs> no do, do we i mean do we know that that was purpose or do you think that maybe just kind of like a meta that they don't like that kind of stuff i mean uh, my yeah, opinion I mean, is they're probably thinking it's purpose like they were probably like don't bring this it's silly we're gonna shame you if you do I, I, who knows? But I, you know, traditionally they've run a lot of aces, so it could just be like you know, the, it's just a super regional thing that no one bothered to try. But what's super weird, right, is that fifty percent of the cut was Seer Swarm. 
So it's not like there's an aversion to separatists. Like someone could have just put Chertex into one of those seer swarms, right? <laughs> like it's it's at the same tournament. It was seer just absolutely dominated. You know, yeah. I think the the final was uh, a Jedi list versus uh, the seer swarm. I believe it was Octor was running a running seer, and it, it was a pretty tough watch. Like it, it looked like uh, it was basically like no damage done for most of the game, and then the Jedi won. Um, so you say 50% of the cut was Seer Swarm? Or is that accurate, yeah. or is that... Uh, no, 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 like, take a look at it. Like, take a look at it. It's a lot. It's, uh, oh. yeah, 2, 3, uh, 6, 7, 10, and 13 were all Seer Swarm. That's crazy. Yeah, which is a traditionally kind of, like, ace meta. So, again, that's why I'm kind of so confused as to how that happened, but no one took Ensnare. Any other comments on Australia? Well, I was looking at number 13 is sort of a non-traditional Seer Swarm. with It has Captain Seer, uh, and then five Techno Union Bombers, and then one Trade Federation drone. So it gives you seven bodies, but five of those bodies are the much beefier Techno Union drones. So you're not getting those one shot like you might a Vulture Droid. Yeah, that is... That is super weird. And I guess this was a cut to top eight, right? But even even just outside of the top eight, there were a couple. Um, that's, it does seem pretty tanky. And then, I, you know, like what we're seeing a little bit more of is uh, is kind of like the Discord missile version of Seer, right? So I think the, the final table one had two copies of Discords. And I think uh, if you want, I noticed in the top eight, there are three people who are members of Imperial Propaganda Radio. So I'm sure they'll talk about it in their next episode. Oh, cool. That that uh, should give a lot of perspective on these. Yeah, Octor, and then Marcus, and uh, Grant. Grant O'Dwyer is also on nice. Imperial Propaganda Radio. One of the FO players. So there were two yeah. Ky- there were two Kylo Upsilon lists in the cut and in, in top eight. Um, one with a Star Killer, one with Quick Draw, and then uh, the the final table list that one kind of stands out. This is uh, Plo, Obi, and Rick. Uh, with two copies of heightened perception and triple regen, which sounds sounds pretty miserable. Um, but surprising to I almost surprising to see heightened perception there. But this comes out to one ninety six, which kind of makes sense given Ollie's list exists at one ninety seven. I mean, heightened is really good. I mean, yeah, we're running on mace. There were a number of times when uh, you know it was it was very clutch. I mean, maybe not even just to kill someone, but to at least get that that shot off, and you know not losing a shot is very important. It's almost like they're teching against, you know, obviously Ollie's list, but also other Jedi lists where it's like, if you run into another OB, at least you can nick kill him. Um, but it's, you know, it's just, this is running at 196. It could totally afford to bid, right? It could just drop Daredevil from Rick. Um, I know it like, we, we used to talk about Mace with heightened perception, but here you have Plo. So I don't know that yeah. either one of those is wrong. So, you know I love Plo, right? The the thing with Plo and Heightened Perception is it really hurts him to spend that force to to use Heightened. So, you know, with Mace, he almost, you know, always has plenty of force because he's, you know, getting back two if he does a red maneuver or he just starts out with three. Um, so, you know, the I-5 is really good, but um, I feel like Heightened works better with Mace's force pool than Plo. So, so does Obi's pilot ability play into this at all? Like, because essentially you can burn the hyper, the heightened charge, and then choose the order on who spends the focus. Or I guess you, you know, that's assuming you're not target locking. Which you're probably target locking, right? Right. Since they're seven Bs, I, I mean, I would think they're target locking. But maybe, yeah, maybe that's just what he's doing. Is with Plo, he's focusing and 
you know, that's how he's getting all of his passive mods is by using Obi's Force. Maybe it'll come up. The other thing with this list, and I think, uh, you know, you ran Plo World, so it, the, the, the triple regen and the option to remove the weapons disabled is pretty crazy. Um, it's it's very cute, and just people kind of forget about Plo's ability because usually it's kind of blank. So when you turn in with someone who just regened, you know, their eyes kind of you know get a little wide, like what the hell is going on here? And you pull that away and just light them up. So yeah. you can you can trap people with that sometimes for sure. Last comment on Australia, just outside the cut at nine was a Rack Rexler list with uh, HLC Juke on Rex and uh, Vader Lone Wolf on on Rack. So I, again, that's, you know, this is a slightly smaller tournament, so never read too much into the anecdotes, but there's Rex, so his name will come up later. What do we think of HLCs? Because I'm not exactly sold on them. It's super fun, man. I love running uh, HLC Seeks, four of, the, four of those in Fen, and, but no, but I've, I've run HLC on a couple things. Uh, definitely on Rexlers, it, it's, it's good. Um, it just gets c- kind of to a price point where it's hard to put other things with them, uh, but it's, it's you know, monstrous if you run like Lone Wolf, HLC, like advanced sensors or something like that. That's a huge number of points, but it's going to punch. I like, I, if your question is like, how do I feel about it? I like it as a card because it's, it's bullseye dependent, you know? Yeah, we haven't really seen it on gunboats, have we? Um, not, not a place that it's been experimented with. All I know, it's definitely on my list of like cool upgrade cards though, right? Because it's sort of, it's so rewarding. Um, like you said, it kind of doesn't make sense on 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 certain ships that kind of already have decent offensive output. But it's it's a neat card, and I think maybe it poses more questions about what has access to cannon than it does itself. You know. So Chance, uh, one of our local guys, was running two defenders with HLC at Worlds, um, and when he and I were talking, it sounded like he was getting at least one shot off a game uh, with an HLC, and I yeah. mean just getting that extra die is is monumental so uh, i kind of agree that four points seems like it might be a little hefty on a, a three die ship normally but i i guess if you can pull it off and you're expecting big bases you know it's probably worth it and it's denying the range bonus it just it's really solid um but i i don't think it denies the range bonus oh, no it doesn't so it's not treated it, as a secondary because it's a cannon so it doesn't have the uh oh. the ordinance icon so okay. yeah they still get the range bonus which does definitely deplete its usefulness all right ignore me but either way i like the card i still like it even though i've been using it wrong <laughs> um, correct uh so anything else on australia i mean it's just really impressive that octor went back to back uh you know final tables at their system open and now they're grand championship like that's a hell of a you know consistent run there and from what think- i heard that's his first time running a swarm I mean, if you think he's run, he's the New Zealand national champion with what Dash Dashwark, and then second at the System Open with Luke uh, Luke Wedge Jake, and now here second in their Grand Championship with uh, Seer Swarm. So three very different lists. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move on briefly here. So I, I think if we go to uh, Sweden, is the next one that I had on the list. Um, Jesper ended up 6-0 with the same list he took to Worlds, which was Annie Plo and uh, and Obi-Wan with uh, 7B Annie spare parts and regen and a bunch of toys, and then just CLT on the two other Jedi. Um, so that's apparently a good list. That's not too surprising, right? So Not, close. not highly interesting. <laughs> so but. close with my list building for Worlds, guys. I just... 
can well, put it all together. Well, you know, I was going to mention later because we're going to get into some of the faction discussion, right? But it kind of feels like at this stage that people are just throwing like random parts together into Republic lists and they're working. Like, like the variations like may not completely matter. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they do matter, but like, there's so many just slight variations or even somewhat significant variations on Republic lists that are just doing okay. Um, they all have kind of the same core elements, usually Obi Wan, but. You know, this is just another like example of you know a player who found their version of Republic Aces that they like that works. It's one of like half a dozen, it feels like, or more. It's everywhere. It's definitely everywhere. I agree. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't. It's it's the percentages are crazy. Like Obi Wan is dominating. Um, so you know, it's just like it. I, it's hard, right? Because there's a lot of people I think who are enjoying Jedi you know as as the s tier piece right now um you know it's just it's just playing against it is uh it's it's not quite like i gotta be careful here right but there's a lot about jedi that i don't like in terms of how it was designed namely that ftc is on the aether sprites card i think that limits a lot about how ffg could have priced things how they could have handled the the two different titles um, and then it also just makes like, it just makes like the long-term costs of the Aether Sprite kind of complicated. It, it feels like it's just got one too many tricks for its own good, right. um, which leads to all kinds of problems. But like on the flip side of it, right? Like, it if I if I asked you what feels worse to play against, right? And snare Sunfac, or like Obi in seven B or whatever, right? Regen. Um, they're both not great experiences but i think there's a pretty like most people would probably answer that the the tractor mechanic is stands out to them more See, i think that's a loaded question though because it really depends on like i mean like so like i think if you are a something like a jedi player like do you think or like a small base player do you think that is the problem or do you think like someone who maybe like runs like so like in my case, I've been running a ton of Ketsu, and it's kind of like, okay, I don't really care about, you know, the ensnare mechanic, and um, I have a 180-degree arc that I can, you know, turn around whenever I want and stuff like that. So do you think that could be, like, where, as opposed no, to I Jedi, um, they could probably burn down something like Ketsu a lot quicker? No, I get it. I guess, and I'm, like, I'm not really speaking to my own opinions on it, which is sort of, like, weird sure. territory, because yeah. I'm just kind of posing the question. It's more of, like, an observation right that people take generally much greater issue with what ensnare is doing much more immediately like concerned about it than than when jedi like i think everyone understands that there's a lot to be concerned about with jedi now and that they're really pretty much busted at this point um but when they were first introduced like do you remember when people were trying to figure out like like purple actions <laughs> that there was a time when people were skeptical about how useful these things would be. I, it's just, there's something about like the initial reaction to it that I think we're finally getting over right as a community where everyone's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe this is a bit of an outlier. And it's been that way for a couple months. So I may be overkilling this, but it's just interesting that there wasn't as immediate of a negative reaction to FTC force charges at low cost for high initiative. Um, where in snare gets just, dumped on no yeah. I, I agree with that like because uh, i mean i know when i first saw it i kind of was just like oh this should be fine and i think a lot of people kind of like underestimate it 
the power behind force charges like right off the bat and then like it, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> sure, but like I, I think it's 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 clear as day now that it's like um, there, there's no denying it that the force charges are like, uh, I mean, are, are they just going to be a staple of the game moving forward? And it yeah. seems like it's going to be unless FFG kind of changes the rules. I think it's the complete package with the Jedi that sort of causes concern, right? It's the it's the force charge mechanic, which we've spent too much time talking about. We know that that's kind of just inhabiting a weird space. It's FTC, it's regen, it's low cost, high initiative. So you can fit either a bid or a complete separate list with your ace, that kind of stuff. Like, like we talked about in the past, if you're running triple kind of I-5 aces, if the points are built properly, you really shouldn't be working with too much of a bid or too many upgrades and a bid like that's usually a sign that something's slightly off right and players will always seek out those bids but like the more they sacrifice to do it uh, or the more they sacrifice to kind of get the three initiative that they want um the better you know it probably is for the game um so you know you just end up in this spot right where it's like you kind of have to look at the complete picture to take issue with it and I don't think it raises a huge amount of concern for the majority of their player base. Sure. Which which then leads to kind of weird questions about how FFG will react. Because if there's not like a massive outrage in the community against Jedi, it feels like there's a lot of people talking about it, but it's not like, it's just not the whole community. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm on the side that uh, I think Jedi need to go away for a little bit. I know Brett's on the opposite end of that spectrum, though. Um well, but so. let's get into that, right? Like, I think it's interesting because it's not. Nobody wants the Jedi to go away completely. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, like, but I, I think at the same time, like, um, again, this is something that we've talked about at length that like Jedi are good and they're kind of like a staple and like. But the three things that you mentioned there: Force charges, Regen, and re, like um, FTC. Specifically, yeah. FTC. FTC. It's kind of like they're like three, like almost like trigger words for like certain like situations, and, and I think like that you're exactly lump, lumping that into like one package. It, it's kind of like this is like the epitome of stuff that people don't or not. I shouldn't say that people all people don't like, but it's kind of like that people have complained about it in the past as being a problem. It, it's a degree of flexibility for the ace right that that raises a bunch of questions and then it's also an alpha strike i can't i can't ignore that like people really also don't fully realize that like if i gave you if, if i talk about squad of legend right and i talk about whisper red line with proton torps right and soon tier the reaction that people have to like that phase of the meta they the discussion is as though like that is you know totally just not acceptable in the game right and it was broken and not shouldn't shouldn't have been costed the way it was right red line went up like what 13 points total that version of the red line um or more even i think it's like 72 and he was in the 50 or i forget what it was but um either way right like the the offensive output from the jedi is is in that kind of alpha strike range of squad of legend as far as i'm concerned and it's not quite as powerful but it's still so consistent that it just it just puts offensive pressure on everything sure um which is, again, that's another thing which just raises questions about why, in general, the community is sort of quiet about Jedi, right? Because typically, when a powerful Alpha Strike exists in any capacity, um, people complain, right? Like, like 
you know, harpoon missiles obviously is a good example of that. But any alpha strike that generics put on the table typically gets people sort of riled up. Um, and this is certainly doing it as an ace. Jonathan, what, do you, what is your thought about this? Um, I know you generally don't go towards Jedi or anything like that, but um, I know you've put them on the table one or two times. Like, do you think Jedi are fine? Do you think that they need something different? I think you're right in saying that I'm not really a I'm not really an ace player. I feel like when I have the tool in my hand, I don't use it properly. You know. Uh, that being said, I think that when lists can afford to bid a lot, sometimes that's a sign that maybe things are undercosted. I think that the Republic faction has lots of tools that maybe some of the really well-priced tools that other factions don't. And I think you see that in like the rates at which people bring Republic. And I think it could use some balancing. Yeah, it's like a extremely reasonable take, right? <laughs> Everything you just said there. Um, and like, so, so just diving into one other thing that Jedi are doing now, right? Like you, you talked about, you know, they can add a bid. Now they're adding control elements and, and Brett's talked at length about this. So like everything that I just described, now we get uh, broadside with ion turret, and we get you know chopper, which is pretty well established as being useful. And that's in addition to sense already being in the faction as like the perfect faction for sense. So I yeah, there, it's just it's a case right where like Obi and Plo's points are clearly wrong, right? Regen's points is pretty much definitely off. Seven um, B's points are probably wrong, right? I. You know, CLT is questionable. I think 51 points for Obi-Wan is clearly too low, but that might be more Obi-Wan's fault than CLT. Sense at five points is busted. R2A6 at six points is not correct. Um, torrents, the I the I2 torrents are too low at 25. They could probably go up a couple points. Um, you know, you keep going down the lists, right? And it's like, yeah, all right, that might have saved us maybe 20 points in the average list for Republic at the moment which is not a great place. Like, and I, I'm not doing like perfect math there, but there's so many cards that it has access to that are like probably on FFG's radar. But right. if you um, make all those changes, the list won't be fun anymore. Well, oh. so that, well, so let's get into that, right? Because I, I think there's a, there's a question of what happens after FFG addresses all this stuff. And I think ideally it's, you know, 7B is priced to a point where taking 7B is maybe the deciding factor on whether or not you can have a trip ace list like one copy of 7b even um i like i don't know if that's how far they need to push it right maybe just dealing with regen and the other pieces around it is enough so that you can just remove the bid but it, you know because it's it's tough right because it's like i've been playing a lot of uh, or not a lot but i've been playing five i played five games so far of 7b ob with uh rick annie and two torrents that's 199. Um, it's genuinely fun. Like that is a really fun list, and it would be kind of sad to see like Obi not really fit in the list that you want him to, just because. Like it's it, this gets back to why I ha I hate the fact that FTC is on the card, because these are like it's a cool character and it's a fun ship kind of. We don't want to see it gone. So uh, all right, so we're talking about like triple aces with this and everything like that. But, uh, I mean, do you think if we kind of, like, knock out the um, that archetype for that, 
faction, like, do you think we could possibly see some of these upgrades that we haven't seen before? Like, uh, what's the battle meditation? What's this, the coordinate? Or, um, yeah. What's the coordinate? Or the, the, um, target lock one where like you can pass target locks you like do you think they have a place eventually i mean i i think they do but i mean then you have to ask questions of like like i think from an archetype perspective this is what people want from jedi the yeah. current state of the republic like this is what people want jedi to look like and to play like with probably a little more kind of mixing in of of clone troopers and like like typical r star faction teamwork stuff right um like you're just, just you were describing but we have that right now we've got you know obi and clones in a whole squad with with sarah's list that she took to worlds sure um so you know it just it's just is this weird spot where like if you it's almost like they need a new ship that take that jedi can fly in order for it to exist coherently okay. where that that's kind of how i feel about it because like maybe they're going to come out with that little tiny starfighter at some point and they'll better balance that mechanically so you can get these kinds of archetypes without it just being weird. Definitely. I don't know. Um, so we got off into a little bit of a tangent on there. Um, do we want to keep talking Jedi or do we want to get back on track? Okay. I feel like it was a necessary tangent. That's fine. Yeah, yeah that, that is that is 100% fine because I know, Brett, as much as you love Jedi, I, I you know, I've already sold my world's Plo Koon. <laughs> um, I have no intention of ever putting them on the table anytime soon, so... Uh, but yeah, I, I just, it's one of those things that I think they are very strong power level and I, I think they definitely need some tweaking from FFG. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next points adjustment. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I explained what I was trying to say clearly. There was a lot in there, but more or less what I'm saying is that I, I just, I feel like the Aether Spray chassis is, um, it's, it's kind of a problem for like what people want from the faction versus what FFG can give us competitively. Sure. That's kind of sad. Cool. Well, let's move on to the next tournament. <laughs> One last comment, though, I have to make. Sweden okay. had an Annie with advanced proton torps. Um, that was on the final table, I think, versus Wedge Luke Jake. So, pretty sure that's the case. Take a quick look at that. Which Anakin? Uh, so it was Anakin and in the N1 with advanced proton torps crack shot. That won the whole thing. Okay. Against, uh, <laughs> against Wedge Luke Jake. Nice. So, have Didn't... to throw that out there. <laughs> Did Marcel have a, a advanced proton torp Anakin at Worlds? He did. Uh, he he had Rick as the third ship. On here, it's a seven B flow. Um, but yeah, that was that was Marcel's uh, trick as well at Worlds. So here's a ship that like I don't think anyone can be too mad at. It's N one Annie with APT. It's pretty funny. Is he the best Anakin? Oh God, that's <laughs> another, that's another oh. episode or or a later topic. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's blitz through a couple more because we went on that yep. kind of tangent and that was super rambly. Um, so Spain, uh, this is like the second coming of Han, of just basically Han. So there were there were two Hans in the top eight with Kanan and R2-D2 in Trick Shot, which is sort of funny. One was Wedge Han, one was uh, Han Lando, which went 6-0. And then just looking at some of the results, there was a Corin, Hera, Arvel in top eight. There were three Supernatural Taps and Jendon in top eight. And then, like, two janky as hell scum lists. I think Tarani, Seaversal, Zuckus, and Ulti, Sirisu, Forlam, and Unkar. The whole thing ended up getting won by uh, by DT's list versus Vader, Whisper, OGP. So all that stuff I just mentioned probably doesn't matter at all. Um, but, yeah, kind of a goofy little kind of set of results there. I love But it looks like there was only two Republic lists in the uh, the cut at all. 
which is just kind of crazy considering all the other results we see in every other tournament. Yeah, now, I don't... Not, not everything's in there, right? But most of it is. But this is why it's such a problem, right? When when we get incomplete tournaments, because I want to know the story here. Like, I want to I want to look at this Corin list and see every matchup that it had and understand how it got there. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, weird. Thanks a lot, Europe. I mean, it's it's hard to fully populate the the list fortress entries, I guess. Um, but what do you guys think about Han here? Two of those. Is that going to change anything for anybody? I mean, I'm glad. I'm happy that he's on the table. So there's that. Uh, and sure. I'm glad that he kind of performed well. Like, I, I don't think he's bad, but I also think that, uh, I mean, like I said last episode, I think the these ships definitely need some table time um, for just, you know, for the game itself. I wonder if, like, there's, like, a dozen players who are planning on go to, going to PAX that now are switching to Han because of Spain. Probably not, right? Like, this no. isn't enough to convince anybody. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, I it's uh, I guess with everything that's going on with the Nantex, though, it's actually not a bad idea, right? Like, running a decent Han and Wedge um, with the possibility of, you know, running into Sunfac, um, that doesn't seem terrible, given, given where the, the meta might go. Although I don't know too much about the Jedi matchup for that. Like, how does Wedge Han match up against, you know, Annie? Like, basically Jasper's list, right? Like, Annie, Obi, Plo. That's a, that's a good question, because I feel like it could hold its own, but um, Wedge might feel Yeah, like, 7B Jedi don't super like Wedge that right. much, but they regen it away, so they don't really care. Um, so but, maybe, maybe I, it's, it again, I have no idea about that matchup. I've never played it, but I like wonder the, if Wedge Han's an actual meta call right now. So if you do a good job with range control, you're going to take Wedge off in, in one round. Um, so you're not like, it sucks if he hits hard on his, you know, one good shot, but he's probably not going to be around too long. It is really how it always played out for me. When he gives you on. I, yeah. I guess the biggest argument for it is just how popular Ensnare ends up getting. Yeah. Right, and see, that's the thing, right? It, it could have been a good meta call here in this tournament, um, but there were six lists with Ensnare in the entire 173. All right, cool. So moving on from Spain, uh, St. Louis. So there were 70 players and, like, a super weird kind of cut, right? Because it was – basically, they had a cut to top 16, I want to say, from two two separate days. Was it a um, top 16 cut or top 32 or, cut? No, it well – it was 32 total, but 16 right. from each day. Or 16 from each day, right? Are we sure it was 16 from each day? I guess. I thought that I... was what was advertised. Okay. Well, so either way, there were three and threes making cut. I'll leave it at that. Um, so... Not that there's anything wrong with that, right, Andrew? Hey, I mean, <laughs> I should not have made that cut. But, well... <laughs> I, all right, so like, uh, commenting on that for a little bit, um, I think that, like, if you're trying to get a top 16 cut, like... And your uh, it was probably six rounds. Yeah, it ha if it's three and three, it's six rounds. Um, it's gonna happen. Like just the way that the matchups go out. Like when you're that low. Like so, if you look at packs, um, where you have to go five and one. Like the lower player count that you have. Like the you know less amount of five and ones that you're gonna have. So it's kind of like it really just depends on the tournament structure and this being a prime championship or grand prime championship whatever they're calling it now um i know they have like special regulations for the cut so where you have to fill that in right i, I get it well so the I, I winner kinda... ended up 
going three and three. Um, Clint with the, his Jedi list, he he made cut at three and three, and then ran through Duncan, Alex Middle, Bio, and then Nick Tobin on the way to winning. Just crazy. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about these alternate cut formats? Like, I I have to say, I'm really not a a big fan of them. Like, I feel like five and one should always make the cut. Top four and two should have a chance maybe at making the cut depending on the numbers but i mean when probably almost all or most of the three and threes got in here that seems like it kind of uh turned swiss into like the nba regular season (laughs) i think it i think it's the the way it's set up is designed for more players right it assumes more players so i don't know that there's anything wrong with it as an approach it's just but i also like like it's not is it actually that offensive for there to be three and three records in the cut so it doesn't it's not really it's, matter it's not that right? it's offensive right at least that's no, certainly but, not my thing but it's it, yeah i mean part of the the nice thing about getting to the cut right is you you kind of get the jank you, you get the jank out of the out anyway, of the way sort of seems like the the first round right because you never know what the hell you're going to get it might be something that is you know pretty horrible but just has a, a good matchup against you and you know i i don't know i i don't like that that might so, now be showing up in the cut let's just look at this the tournament math real quick hold up let me pull up a calculator um so if we have what are, okay so if it was 70 people total something like that all right yeah. so 70 people and if you need a top 32 because it was 16 each day and six rounds what we got here no, it's fine. I guess I guess the answer to Brett's question is I mostly don't care about format. Like, I don't know. I, like, it's it's weird, right? It just it looks weird <laughs> to have to have three and threes making cut. That's mostly it. Yeah, so, winning, you know, national level events. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But it's like about it. Like, it just it just kind of looks weird. So okay, I will say this. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I like the five and one, and like I liked how Worlds was five and two, even though seven rounds was brutal. But when uh, it's it's very and maybe that's the way they they should go in the future, but it's kind of like if you look at this and you have seventy people, eight people would have made cut at five and one. Is that enough? You know, or I mean, do you take all the four and twos like that? That's really like the hard like it's pretty hard to like justify where where you make that cut, and I I like the idea of x or whatever x and two or x and one because it kind of throws mov ties out the window and um it, that's a whole different ball game and conversation to get into but i think that should be the way going forward like i'd be okay with like four and twos making the cut a, a lot of times um i know brett you might have a separate opinion on that no i completely i think that's i think that they should have a shot right the top four and twos should have a shot Almost any time to make right, it. Right, and, and here's the thing is like a lot of times when you add all the four and twos, the very first round of cut is anyone in the top, you know, X amount of players are already have a round one bye, and the four and twos are basically duking it out to make an even um, playing field. So I, I would be okay with something like that. I think the format that I've enjoyed the most is, uh, you know, the system open format that they've had. The five and one. Where there's no MOV requirement, right? Um, where you know you just need to win and you're in. I like I like the fact that you know people know when their day is done. You know, even though for some people that might be kind of discouraging, but it's I think that's actually kind of good for the sort of culture of the tournament. Um, yeah, it promotes side events too, right? Which can be just as much fun for some people as the main event. You know, once you're eliminated, okay, good, we'll go do aces high pods 
Right, and I and I don't like having to track MOV like game to game. Yeah. Um, but that's just all personal preference. Big picture, though, I don't go to tournaments or play X-wing for formats like this, like basically the cut formats. Um, like it's it's as long as you're rewarding players for winning, it's fine. <laughs> so at minimum, right? Like the pair downs for or not the pair downs, but like the way that the pairings would work for cut at St. Louis, I assume would have been advantageous in some way. Even though we see here, Clint three and three just tears through whoever was the higher seeds, but whatever. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see going forward. Like, I'm a little shocked that it was only that many people. Um, I know they they did a pretty good job promoting it and everything too. So it must have been like is that surprising? Now. Yeah, it's just too close to worlds. Like yeah. seventy seems pretty good given the timing. It's just it probably could have been a different like a different type of tournament, you know? Yeah. So what else happened? I think we had uh, just I guess Sarah's list went six and zero again. That was Alex Middle running that, and Duncan was running soon to advance sensors redline and Vermeil. So which um, one is Sarah's list? I'm sorry, I, I don't. Uh, so Sarah was running at Worlds uh, Obi Wan broadside with Ion turret and Arc and two troopers, um, which is actually like it's a pretty cool list. I I think uh, it's surprising that all of that fits that, at that HP count, but it's pretty effective. So uh, Alex ran the same thing. Ran it out to six and zero. Okay, cool. Um, and Sarah almost made top sixteen with that, so pretty cool stuff. I think it's like you know, this is the sad thing, right? Like in January, this is not going to probably have it'll have like one less ship, <laughs> right? But it's still like it, for now, it's actually semi interesting. And that that broadside is killer, man. I don't know if you guys have played against that yet, but broadside am, is, is coming uh, for you. Oh, actually, yeah, Jonathan, you've uh, got a little oh, bit uh, of. Oh, I ionized a uh, Venny off the board at the. Uh... Championship <laughs> Did you? Oh yeah. my gosh! And I, I was able to ionize a rack like two turns in a row, and I watched. I saw Sarah's game against D, and she almost uh, ionized the sh- uh, shuttle off the board. It's almost. incredible. I, it's, really it's, 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 you know, it feels like broadsides putting three hits down every time that that turret fires, and it kind of is <laughs> like, you know, it just it's it it, it it's. It's incredible, like how consistent um, of a threat it poses, even though it's only chipping away one damage. And it definitely sets the rest of that list up to dunk on whatever gets ionized, right? Like it, it puts the fear of God in aces. Yeah. Um, question: Do you put Chopper on broadside? Chopper. He really, he really no. wants his focus token. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he wants his focus token. But if you're ionizing and then <laughs> preventing that ship from getting a focus token. But he needs that focus. Right? Sure. I mean, his ability really requires a focus. Okay. But are you saying to use it once you get to range one or something? This yeah. is the problem is staying at range one. Sure. And then he's not taking anything that makes his dial suck less. So those red stresses are really going to hurt. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, we're all disagreeing with you, Andrew. However, no, I, it, it was however, it was just a question I I was yeah. asking. You know. Well, no, it's it's a it's it's fun to ask the question because right, fun in quotes. Like you can also run a variant on Sarah's list with just a like a chopper ship in there as well right like there, there's i think the arc is 42 right and a jedi with chopper is somewhere in that range you can help me out there right if you remember but it's it's i think it's similar cost so if you want that kind of jam game plus the ion it's there to be had sure. which is it's like going back to the kind of rant from before or the ramble from before about jedi like like it, it's arguably with that and broadside like some of the best control pieces in the game 
it, it would be 45, uh, the Jedi Knight with just Chopper. Jedi's 45. Okay, so that actually does push the list a bit, because then I think... Well, no, that's with Chopper on there. It's 38 just for a naked Jedi, so... Oh, it's, 30... it's, yeah, it's three points more than Got uh, it. just the generic arc. All right, that's helpful. So, it's, so you'd have to make some compromises in that list. Um, either way, though, it's just just like being able to choose between broadside or a jamming Jedi. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm super out. You're super out on it, but come on! If this was scum stuff, you'd be uh, dude. If this was scum stuff, I'd be all over it. Um, I know, I know. Like, and that's, that's, that's sort of what's weird, right? Like, and that's probably would be true. You could say the same thing for ensnare, like with Sunfac. If it was in the scum faction, I'd bet there would be higher use rates, just because people avoid separatists. Like, I bet it. I bet if it was like if if the Nantex was just a scum ship, it'd be more popular. Yeah, I can agree with that. Based on absolutely nothing, right? But <laughs> it feels know. right. Well, I mean, there's so many, like, Andrew's talked about it at length, right? Like, I feel like a lot of the control players sort of gravitate to the scum faction, so they're probably already bought in, you know, and don't want to buy into Separatists. Yeah, and especially because, like, when you look at Separatists, you look at, like, you, you probably think Swarm, like, right off the bat, so... You should. Yeah, you should. <laughs> right. So, I, I, like, I mean, that's like, cool. jumping, like, from that kind of, like, archetype almost um, definitely is hard to look at. There's definitely a non-zero number of like separatist players who are playing separatists because they want to play vultures in a swarm. Right. And and then like even if Nantex is the best thing in the faction, they're probably not going to touch it. Yeah. So then all the control players that are playing, you know, scum, like whatever, they're not going to go there either. Leaves it just kind of a small sliver of competitive interest. Um, all right, last tournament result on here was like a Florida hyper trial. So I have to throw this out here. Boba, Sunny, and two Seeks was in like top four and on stream for a while. Sunny. We did it. We'll, we'll talk about that it. later. <laughs> we'll, we, we'll talk about it now. It's no! Amazing. All right, fine. We'll talk about it now. <laughs> All right. It'll be a good segue. Len, let's segue. What's okay. the segue? Into what I'm planning on bringing to PAX. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Oh, no. Well, let's talk about Boba and Sunny first. What do you think? I I have no I have, like, it does, makes no sense to me. Um, <laughs> do we know how that list placed? Because I saw it was on stream, but I wasn't sure if it was one of those lists that was I, just like, this is no, crazy. No, Let's get this on stream. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it like, was in top four. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I think it actually, like, I, I might be just saying that because I want it to be true. But I think that happened. So people can scream at us if it um, is something different. But looking at that, like, Bopa, I, I, I'm kind of glad he's making that little bit of a resurgence that, um, I know when he got that points increase, everyone said, hell no, he doesn't have Han anymore, but like Slave One's still out there, which is awesome. Um, so it, it, I think the real shining star here is Boba Fett, and I think everyone can kind of agree yeah. on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like it's even true. Like if you look at Fen Rao's like cut rates and percentages, you're actually just looking at Boba Slave One's like bid, just destroying I-5s. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I, yeah, it's the same thing again, Boba carrying whatever bunch of nonsense but so, it's still it's still really funny it's interesting have, like, that two yeah. ion speaks. it's interesting that you can just bring boba and whatever else you want whether it being seeks or fen rao that it, it could perform well um and, and that's i think 100 percent fine and wholesome no it's not yes, absolutely it is. not no so let me show you the map have you seen the slave one map uh, yes, I've seen it. I, I'm very okay. aware of it. So, like the the reason I say no is two points. Slave one is completely ridiculous. Like, I'll, I'll agree with that. Sense. Like it's just like with with slave one at two points moving last. Boba is actually a 360 turret. Like not like I'm not joking. Like he's just a 360 turret. So it's 
you know, as long as you block him, you can sort of deny some of that. But two points, it's okay for it to exist, obviously. Not at two points. I mean, um, I, I can't. it's the scum faction. Give us a break. Come on. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. I know. But it's like they just make it work with something else. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like the FFG should prioritize making MOBA functional without needing, you know, Slave 1. Absolutely. I think that's, that's my take on it. Um and anything and that else? transitioned hard away from Sunny though. Like the real reason we want to talk about that was Sunny's funny. Sunny, yeah. So do we do we, are we done with tournaments? Can I talk about Sunny Mounder? You can, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So my packs list. I've been tinkering and toying with a bunch of different lists, and a lot of them ended up with Sunny Bounder. And uh, people are probably going to think that I'm crazy, but it, when you see it in action, Sunny Bounder is probably the most hilarious pilot in the game because when you score those two hits and you add that three hit, it is so much fun to scream Sunny Bounder. And you'll probably hear me screaming at a PAX, and I'm sorry to my opponents. I hope you're having a fun time. So, But what, I, what I'm originally planning to fly, and I just tweaked this list again, so it's probably going to change again, but... We're going with Sunny Bounder, and I'm no stranger to Old Tarok and Talonbane. And oh, wait, you're you're hitting for the wait. What's the last ship? Go ahead. And Tarani with Snapshot. Oh my god, it's awesome. So, wait, so it, it, you have you have Talonbane and Sunny in one list. Yeah, it's like the memeiest list you could ever find, but like it's gonna hit like a truck very hard. Tarani definitely caught my eye in World, so like I had to put it on the table and like. The interaction of Snapshot and his Bullseye, like, Bullseye just doesn't count towards the ship that you're shooting. It's any ship that's in your Bullseye. So, like, yep. it's essentially an AoE. Like, there there was a turn where, like, I had Luke in my Bullseye, and he was able to, you know, get the focus there to do it. But then something else moved into my range 2 band, and it was like, okay, well, I'm going to Snapshot. And then I was able to basically... Deal the uh, damage from his ability to the B-Wing and to Luke because he lost that focus token without, you know, moving or having anything like that. So it was really interesting to see that interaction work. And it's kind of, it's cheap. I think it's only like 54 points too. Um, it's 54 total? For, yeah. For that with Snapchat. Neat. So it, it's pretty awesome. And yeah it's, it's remind me of the stat line on that like how how much hp does the i think it's two have? shields seven hull one agility three three dice attack it's pretty solid so so it, it made uh it wasn't just an anomaly from worlds because we did just see a top eight i think in spain as a follow-up yeah. i'm curious if it was elsewhere but just recap real quick like so tarani snapshot triggers you shoot that right then Correct. Or does that happen before or after the pilot ability? Or, or, so the uh, pilot triggers? ability is after I perform an attack, um, any enemy ships in my bullseye arc either have to remove one green token or uh -huh. take a damage. So if you're so doing after that, snapshot, does it trigger? after the snapshot? Right. Okay, and then you do your primary attack, but it can't trigger his ability again, can it? Or does it trigger a second time? No, it'll trigger a second time really okay cool because it's not charge based either got it so you're actually see so, so if you did if you had dallin right doing the same trick i'm not saying you should use dallin instead would dallin's charges happen twice so dallin's ability is start of engagement because i think it's charge based oh it's start of engagement yeah okay so uh, Never if mind I, that. yeah 
If it was start or if it was after an attack, it would be definitely interesting. But I'd put reinforced deflectors on there just to get one less shield. And then, um, but yeah, no, no, it's his is start of engagement. He's only got two charges that are non-recurring. So, um, but yeah, no, th- this is interesting because it's kind of can mess up formation flying a little bit, uh, especially with like something like uh, resistance, where like the quad T70s that you're seeing or stuff like that. Um, swarms even like just being able to line up try to line up as much as I can within that shot and then do as much damage that you don't have much control over it's definitely interesting and then you know obviously I've been a fan of um, so uh, I'm gonna make a quick note on old Terok and Fan Rail I was really trying to fit Fan Rail into a list um, and I dropped the idea a little bit ago like I just I yeah. think the meta that we're in right now and he's a little bit too pricey like he dies a lot and when you die you're losing like 70 points that it's just it's not worth it i think one thing you should probably um take a quick look at is like fenrau performs really well when he's moving last and again i'm not sure if those are just boba numbers or not right but he 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 does a lot better with a bigger bid than he does without one yeah and then no. if you look at if you look at old Terok, his numbers are a little more like like i it's it's just lower across the board <laughs> so I, I don't know like it's it's hard this comparison right between fen and old t it feels like he has more tricks right? right like he has he has like more consistent like kind of control to contribute but i don't know man like you're not you're not worried about the bid as much with old t right like you're not even trying to get it right you're building a totally different list and, and old t's ability kind of synergizes a little bit nicely with tyrannis because they you don't have green tokens if that does go off um but I, I think at the same time like so like i'm willing to spend 56 points for a more expendable ship like um old tyrock who can also still perform well if he's the ship moving last sounds fun so and then you, occasionally you're going to throw down five five red dice with talon too, oh right? yeah like all right so i know i've been saying this a lot so if you look at talon bane Fearless with the focus is four and a half average damage at range one. So that's a lot of damage pretty easily. And it's not even charge based. You're just running around with an APT. Yep. Right? It's fine. Although, I mean, it's kind of charge based because Talonbane, right? Yeah. Talonbane's kind of like two charges, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, if he's initiative killing like a B Wing in two turns, um, yeah. he, he might have got his points worth. That's crazy. So. So you excited? Is it like is this? Uh... It, I'm going for fun. Like that's basically it. Like I don't. My pack situation is on the line. We'll. we'll I, I'm expecting to be there, but we'll see if I am. So I'm just going to bring the most fun list that I could possibly do. And this turns out uh, I've been having a ton of fun flying this list. So over no. to you. Uh, me or Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan, what are you flying? So uh, recently, I've been flying a lot of Republic and actually Sinker Swarms. I'm not sure if I'm going to bring that. I, I probably will end up bringing a Sinker Swarm. But I was actually looking at Sarah Tessum's list, the uh, two Gold Squadron Troopers, the 104th Arc, uh, Broadside, and Obi. I just don't know if I really get my value out of Obi. I've just, it's a tool that I'm not used to using. It's like a scalpel, and I'm used to like having a hatchet. <laughs> in my hand so it's well it's like a it's like a hatchet that's also a scalpel yeah you, you can do it yeah the other thing i was thinking of was um still sticking with republic because it seems very easy just to count to 200 in that faction 
doing matchstick and broadside wolf and then there's space for another piece which could be a clt jedi could be rick or could be another arc so um i like the idea of having the double control pieces like double ion so if broadside doesn't ionize you then matchstick will throw on the extra so I think any large base ship that gets in their range would definitely you could throw you could easily throw three three ion tokens with matchstick and broadside. You know how uh, we have uh, faction prizes now? It's just sorry because mm. you mentioned the ion again. There should be prizes for like the most ion ships off the board at each <laughs> tournament. We need um, FFG so I, achievements. Exactly. So I was thinking about that. Um, the other thing I was thinking, I was just watching uh, the stream from Worlds and Mark Tippett flew three arcs and two Y-wings all with dorsal turret, so 43 health. So five ships, 43 health. So I was thinking about doing that because, uh, you know, sinker swarm at 37 is just not enough uh, hit points for me. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of potential options there, Jonathan. So like any, how are you going to narrow that down? That's a lot of lists. I don't know. I mean, uh, so Luke Carrington is painting sh some Republic ships for me. So it's going to be like what lists I can make out of the ships that he paints. That is the best possible answer I yeah. have ever heard. Yeah. So he's painting some Republic ships in, in uh, Liberty Squadron colors, uh, including like an Aether Sprite, an N1, an Arc, a Y-Wing, and some Torrents. So I'll... Nice put something together out of there um that being said if uh, i guess if there's faction specific prizes i mean I, I know eventually i will go back to rebels so if there's like really sweet rebel prizes maybe i would well, go back let's pause there right like we're three weeks out what what is the prize structure do we know we have no idea no really? no whatsoever yep all right well, we can assume everyone gets one card and it's going to be um basically a wookie alt art a generic wookie alt art so um, i'm trying not to throw any shade on this because i think we're still early and i know ffg kind of <laughs> does their thing where they you know three weeks out they will put out an article so i'm hoping we get the article this week but from what yeti is saying yeti is the company that is taking over cascade is they've been advertising all the 2018 system or 2019 system open stuff, the stuff in the past year. So I'm really hoping that's not the case because they've already done that here. Um, so let's hope that it's uh, new prizes because I think yeah. people will be up in arms and they might even lose some like player base if that is the case. Not player base, but I, I think people will look negatively on the PAX event in the future if that is happening. LP's done a pretty good job with a, like a couple tournaments this year, right? So I'm sure they've got something planned, but we'll see. Um, so so get, getting back to Jonathan's list, though. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a lot of like beef options, right? And I, I think Sinker Swarm, I, I, this is anecdotal, but it feels like we've seen or heard less about it of late. Um, I don't know why that is, right? But it's it's kind of, you know, the, the whole conversation has shifted to kind of Seer Swarm. Yeah, I don't know how, like, the matchup against, like, a, um, I, I was listening to Paul Olson's interview somewhere, and he's talking about his use of, the, like, the Separatist drone seer swarm, and just to yeah. run into, like, an I-3 Separatist swarm, that just, it sounds, uh, in, like, like, the seer swarm can, I mean, the sinker swarm can only joust, it doesn't have any other tools to, like, there's no shenanigans that you can pull, and yeah. you're not, like, arc dodging those, um, like, uh, a group of separatist drones that can crack shot and take sinker off in a pretty rapidly. So yeah, so I, I'm undecided. 
Got it. I mean, it's fair. I, I think uh, maybe, maybe part of why Sinker Swarm has been talked about less is just the way that Ensnare can sort of deconstruct it. Um, hard to say, but it, it's uh, there's a lot of potential options there. If you if you do end up taking Sarah's list, I've run variants on it now a couple times, like I was saying, and it's um, it's fun. You know, it's not it's not that bad. You you have a lot to engage with, right? So it's it's not necessarily forgiving, but you have enough pieces to recover. Yeah, I watched her game against D, and I watched like they showed another entire game against with her against another separatist player, which she won, and then snippets of like another one where she lost to a separatist player. I think so. I saw most of those games, and then uh, so that's where I got the idea from. And you could track down like so. GSB will have Alex Middles run a couple of of. Uh, I think there was he was on stream once or twice, so you can check that out too. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Uh, Brett, do you, you don't you you usually try to keep these things under wraps so you don't have to talk about it. But what do you? No, consider? I'm happy to talk about it because you. I probably need people to convince me not to do what I'm going to do. Um, oh God! Right. So right now I have two lists in my box. I have the list I took to Worlds, which is a seven B Anakin, a CLT OB, and just Chopper on on Plo, which I like. I have a lot of reps with. I think it's very strong. But I just get so bored with how long the games take and, you know, how it's all just going to time and not ever feeling like a game is completed because the ships just don't do a ton of damage. Um, so I kind of am thinking about going in the exact opposite direction without giving up any force charges because force charges are my crack. Um, so... The other list I'm thinking about is a CLT Obi, a CLT Plo with Chopper, and then Anakin, but in a Y-Wing with Proton Torpedoes and a bunch of other tools to just hit so freaking hard in the first couple of turns that the games might be over in 30 minutes, either because I just got destroyed or because I just completely take a ship off every single turn. Um, both options seem kind of decent to me. <laughs> as far as as an outcome of a game i just really am sick of you know 97 to 65 wins and whatnot how many points is anakin in the y-wing and here it is <laughs> that's a good question so just in general or built out the way i would have him built oh, out? built out the way you would have him built out okay so thank you yasby um, i want to do a little comparing here while you're looking that up brett I guess I, on my my first reaction is I wonder if this can also pass the pick a bunch of Republic cards and throw it into a list and it's fine test. It, it might. So uh, I it's don't know. Seven points. It's one less than seven. Yeah, one less than the Anakin uh, that I was running before. So you know um, what is eighty nine points? No. Dengar with Han Solo Gunner and Proton Torps and punishing one title. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of like the same thing here, right? Well, they're not though. Because, see, my torps are double modded, and so I so are mine. Your my proton torps are oh, double yeah, you modded. Have, you have Han. You're right. I'm I have sorry, Han. I um, so I I ran some some math on the you know the number calculator, right? Um, and this Anakin actually is more survivable than the seven uh, B Anakin. By like a tenth of a three dice focus shot, right? Like, like not significantly, right? right? But if you just stay and 
are taking shots, like defending, right? Like yeah, you, if you just parked in front of things. Yeah, if if I'm just letting them shoot at me, right? Yeah. 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 All right, we'll see. <laughs> but see, the thing was at Worlds, everyone knows I'm just gonna go kill Anakin, right? Half of my games were spent with Anakin just running for his freaking life. Um, not I, I had one or two games where I don't even know if he shot. Um, right. So he he wasn't doing a ton of of work right. in those games, unfortunately. <laughs> So let's get into like the real reason you're doing this. Like the real reason is because you want to change up the playstyle slightly because you, it's it's the kind of the hit and run of the Jedi. Are you you kind of tired of that? It's definitely wearing me down. Yes, I agree. Like the hit and hit and run. Re- so do you have regen in this list at all? No regen at all. Okay, man. I um, that's a lot of points to pay for a couple proton torp shots, but well, I so- wouldn't put it past Obi Wan and Plo for making up for it. So the one thing I didn't mention yet is I have Seventh Fleet Gunner on there as well, which with CLT is just an amazing combination because it's not hard for me to line up a bullseye, you know, on a, a CLT Jedi, and I'm I, I probably will have a bid. I have a I have a very decent sized bid, so I'll probably have my choice there. And if I get a torp and a CLT shot on someone, I think it averages out to like nine hits. Damn. Which is just disgusting. Right? Yeah. And that, that's not even including the second CLT who who's still going to have some shot, maybe again with a bullseye, who knows. But um, so it, it can just take a ship off the, the, the board every single game. And that Seventh Fleet Gunner makes it so I don't really care if I'm disengaging with the Y-Wing because I'm getting proton torp shots essentially out of those CLTs every turn. You know, when I'm running around and, and regening or reloading my, my torps. Again, it's probably really bad. But it, it seems really fun. Um, the games I have gotten with it, it's done well. So I, I like the idea of it. it. I just don't know if I want to be the guy who's bringing Anakin and a Y-Wing to a, a system open. What do you have yeah, to it's, lose? It's, gut, it's gutsy, right? Because it's sort of like, you know, you look at Jesper's list, which is just the same thing, but you get a full Anakin with, like, just arbitrarily has spare parts on it for fun. Right. And like, So what would the bid be in your list? Where do you uh, end up? Seven points right now. Oh, it's, okay. a, it's, it's pretty healthy. Um, it, it's not going to obviously beat, you know, Sunfac, but, you know, I, I can't play that game um, and actually expect to do any type of damage. Yeah. Um, right. But there's, I mean, according to the Chris Allen site, there's been three lists with Anakin and a Y Wing, and they've won a whopping 27% of their games. Um, three? So, yeah. <laughs> well, like basically none. Um, man, it's hard. It's really hard to, to know. I. Mean, I people have been ignoring it for a reason right it has to be just because of the the cost comparison to regular annie couldn't couldn't you put uh uh, proton torpedoes on like an n1 instead like on rick and then juke and he'd be a lot cheaper well i wonder if this is where like the battle meditations concept brought up earlier comes in right where like if you wanted an alpha strike with obi-wan like like maybe eventually that's where republic trends to is 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 battle med seventh gunner and like weird alpha strikes from random generic ships. Um, it's similar to what you're trying to do here, Brad, right? Like you're just trying to like, like get up on points with the Jedi early. While still maintaining eight force charges. Cause right. you know, I love the force charges. I think what you um, might end up finding is you're going to get a bunch of points early and end up having to run anyways, <laughs> but it's, a, it's just in a different order. Right. So. Well, it's it's one thing to run like if I've basically won the game than it is to run when if there's one more turn I could easily just just as easily lose the game as win the game right on just playing the clock the right amount. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know. Like it's it's probably crazy. I'm I'm gonna try it out at this tournament um next week at Gamers Haven and see how it does um you know in a tournament because I, I haven't been able to go to one since worlds but um that's the the weird thing I'm thinking of. I'm trying not to get snowflakey and just want to come up with my own list, but I, I I just feel like Seventh Fleet Gunner is really good and hasn't been used much, and because it had to be on an arc, right? And and now I don't really care if I'm giving up a dorsal turret shot out the back if I'm regening that every turn and just yeah. you know getting four dice shots. And maybe it's a little forward-looking, right? Because you know we we talked earlier, or we, you know I, I rambled earlier about seven B going up in cost, and maybe CLT doesn't as much. Maybe seventh goes down in cost because it's been barely used. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at something that you know come January is actually what the not not Anakin specifically, but just the seventh and CLT combo. It's, you know, at the right cost, that actually does seem to balance things out a lot with the loss of seven B. That eventually happens. All right. So, anyway, that's my thought. It's probably bad, but we'll see. <laughs> nice, dude. Chris, spill the beans. Oh, it's like it, it was it's the same thing as worlds. <laughs> I'm just deciding between my worlds list or three SFs and an epsilon instead of uh, the EFO. Three SFs and an epsilon? An epsilon. Oh, an epsilon. Uh, cadet. So, you know, basically, I've been, I've been taking a little bit of a break from. The FOs just because I wanted to see OB firsthand again. Um, I kind of intermittently test different aces. Um, so I've looked at a bunch of different Republic lists and kind of wondered why I'm not just running that. Um, but the answer just is that I I prefer first order, I guess, at this stage. Um, so the real the real decision point for me for PAX is between keeping the four FOs with Kylo or switching three of the FOs out for just Zeta Squadron Survivor SFs. And most of that's hinging on just how much more time on target those SFs get. There's a bunch of trade-offs though, like a bunch of little things the FOs do slightly better or better in certain situations. Um, but overall, the SF seems just more reliable. Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the decision before packs I'm trying to make. That's fair. Cool. So yeah. do we have and any other topics or do we think we're good? I think, I think we're pretty good. We kind of wrap up here. Uh, All right. Should we talk about how Anakin and a Y wing is the best Anakin? Or nope, no, no, no. Okay. Edit it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that one. I got it. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know the, we we didn't do kind of a really thorough meta analysis for for this one, and I'm not planning to really before packs. Um, in large part because I think you know we just I, I think it's still too fresh. Like I I just don't feel confident like with some of these numbers if that well. Like, yeah, I, I, it's not that. It's it's more, it's more that I kind of feel like the the analysis that I would typically do of this stuff and looking at all the numbers and trying to break down the matchups. So much at this stage is just sort of me ignoring Nantex and and kind of you know self-selecting you know to just ignore certain lists. And that's I don't know. I just I don't have as much energy really for all of the breakdowns right now because I'm I'm sort of. Like in practice, I'm sort of ignoring lists, right? And that's namely the namely ensnare. Let's see. And that's still the case. Let's see what happens at um at PAX. It would be crazy if if ensnare does not show up at PAX, I'm I, I might be out on it. Like just I, I think it might just be like the yeah. uh, like a a myth. Like where well, if it, if it shows up at PAX and does well, then I'll be like, okay, everything's validated. Well, no, let me cut that off, right? Because that's sort of like. Like, Ensnare performed pretty well at Worlds. 
it, yeah. it actually made cut at a really reasonable rate. Um, it also just won a tournament, right? So I don't think there's any question of whether or not Ensnare is good. More what I'm talking about is like enthusiasm for breaking down the meta. No, no, no. I, I, I get that. Like, I'm not saying that Ensnare is bad. Like, and I'm not saying, but I, I think there was a lot of hype behind it. And if something is crazy good, like, I, I think people will bring it regardless. Where, like, we yeah. saw the four Phantoms, like, just take over the meta that last, you know, cycle. Where it's kind of like, is this going to be that same issue? And if it's not, like, going to be that huge of a thing in packs, like, I, I don't think it... I think it's going to be manageable. I think it's still going to be very good. It's still going to win a lot, but I don't know if it's going to be that, like, four Phantom, like, level. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. I think it's going to be relevant at PAX. I think that if I were sitting down to really seriously practice, I would be at the top of my list to figure out next to Jedi in terms of matchups, and then after that, Seer Swarm, right? So, like, the only... Like, I kind of like practicing against Seer Swarm. I think I, like, I weirdly enjoy that. Um, I don't. I don't think like, I I'll, I'll throw that out there, right? I I think Nantax will be out in force for for packs by the time we get there. Sure. Um, unless unless there's like a bunch of Australians that show up and no one takes it, <laughs> but it kind of gets back to like how many players are ignoring the card. It just feels weird. Cool. All right. So with that being said, uh, upcoming tournaments we have Gamers Heaven coming up on the seventeenth of this week. It's going to be like a good packs practice i would say i'm going to try to be there brett said i'll be there um so check that out uh in phoenixville and then packs is right around the corner um we have packs coming up november december 6th 7th and 8th the big event is happening on friday so make sure you check that out you can get your tickets at yeti gaming events uh, on their facebook page it'll link you to their uh, website we're going to try to get in contact with them to try to get as much information as possible um before the event happens so we can relay all of that to you guys uh if you're a fan of the show check us out on patreon check us out on facebook and check out the podcast page and the group page check both of them out um i think that does it for this week's episode does anyone have any shout outs that want to scream before we leave f no okay <laughs> r.i.p ocx forever yeah, shout out to OCX. Um, definitely. That's, that would, that's all, really. Uh, yeah, definitely them. Like, great job, guys. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Have a good night and fly gritty.